What's up, guys? My name is Enes. My name is Muhammad. And this is Hoop Talk. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Hoop Talk. This week, we actually have some pretty exciting news to share with you guys. We're officially launching our first YouTube channel called Hoop Talk Podcast. And we're basically going to take this recording and we'll split it up into different segments and we'll, we'll put some highlights behind our voices. So if you guys enjoy that type of content and those shorter type of videos, it's going to be about like five to 10 minute videos for each video. So if you guys enjoy um, those type of videos, feel free to check out our YouTube channel. And we're going to release videos on that channel almost every single or almost every other day. Um, so that's pretty exciting for us. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Lakers versus the Nuggets in the Western Conference series, and also the Celtics versus the Heat in the Eastern Conference, which wrapped up on Sunday. And then finally, we'll give you guys our predictions for the finals with the Lakers and the Heat. And also we'll talk about the defensive matchups with Butler and LeBron. Muhammad, why don't you start us off with our first series? So the Lakers versus Nuggets series has ended in five games. Um, the Lakers closed it out in game five due to a spectacular triple-double performance from LeBron James. While like the Nuggets had an amazing postseason um, going into this, they came back from two 3-1 leads um, against the Clippers and against the Jazz, a team that was not expected to go this far and this deep into the playoffs. Jamal Murray has shown that he is like a top, like an upper echelon player in this league now. Nikola Jokic was fantastic as always. Michael Porter Jr. is continuing to show that like he should not have been drafted 14th overall. Um, Mike Malone had solid coaching. Like this team going into the future just looks great. And I think that's that, that should be their main takeaway from these playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And especially because of the fact that they, they came back from 3-1 leads in two consecutive series and also they beat the Clippers who were the title favorites um, and they should be tremendously proud of themselves for that for that run in the playoffs even though they only won one game against the Lakers they still put up a big fight in every game and they did not let the Lakers run away with any leads so um, that was really good at the Nuggets but the Lakers are just on another level, and, and I don't think anyone in any team in the league can can stop them right now. Also, you mentioned like all those players on the Nuggets, like Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. But then we also had a one surprise player on the Nuggets in Jeremy Grant, and um, Jeremy Grant popped off in Game Three, and that was. The, the game that really gave him a lot of confidence in games four and five. I mean, you could just see it in the way he plays because before game three, he, he wouldn't just take jumpers over LeBron like every game. After game three, his confidence just boosted to the to the sky. And in games four and five, he really had a lot of confidence and he and he's shown how that he can be a, a potential a potentially really good role player for the Nuggets if they sign him in the offseason. Um, but he played really well for the Nuggets in this series. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was a he was a solid role player, 
that um, the Thunder picked up last year. Um, and he obviously, he had nowhere near the amount of confidence that he has now. And the Nuggets picked him up in the offseason for a one-year deal and for surprisingly cheap as well. Um, and he was, he obviously in the postseason showed up along with a multi, along with almost every other player on the Nuggets. So he is a yeah. free agent this offseason. So I think that they should make that a priority to keep him. Yeah, definitely. Murray and the Nuggets are going to be a potential threat next year for the title. In my opinion, in the Western Conference, even though the Western Conference is like stacked right now or next year, it's going to be really tough to even make it in the playoffs. But I think they really will have another good run next year and they've shown it this year. Um, and they should, they should really have, I think they're going to have a lot of confidence coming to next season. They're just going to be mile high. Also, another thing I want to talk about, we'll, 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 we'll go back to the first round, all right? The, the Lakers are facing off against the Blazers. The Blazers are red hot coming into this series. They're arguably, arguably the best eighth seed that this league has ever seen. Ever seen? Yeah, they were they were a good eighth seed, but I mean like the greatest eighth seed of all time. That's a yeah. I mean, but like eighth seeds aren't normally like that good. They're pro- they're like they're normally like the magic, like that type of good. But they're 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 for sure top five best eighth seed. Um, they came into that series, all right. They won game one. Now everyone's gonna be now everyone's like okay. The, the Blazers might actually have a shot at beating the Lakers. Wow, the Lakers, like, well, what's going on with them? They're not looking like the Lakers from before. And then, you know what happens? They win the next four games in advance to the second round. Mm. Next series against the Rockets. I mean, I would People argue like the, the 86 Bulls were a better AC team than the Blazers. I mean, that, that, yeah, I mean that's, yeah, that's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's you. You do yeah. you, man. <laughs> and then second round comes. Okay, people are saying, "Oh, who's gonna guard Harden? Who's gonna guard Westbrook?" The Rockets win game one. Oh wow! What are the Lakers doing? They're not looking like themselves. The Lakers win the next four games, and now they face off against the Nuggets, who are coming off. A 3-1 comeback or two 3-1 comebacks one against the Jazz and then the second one against the Clippers who were the title favorites they come into the series everyone's expecting the Nuggets to put up a big fight there some people are even saying that the Nuggets could actually beat the Lakers I think according to Ennis's other predictions the Lakers proceeded to win the next two games that is correct sir um, so my point is that even though the Lakers are the title favorites after the Clippers lost and the Bucks, like the percentage-wise, or if you're like actually a smart person, then then you would believe that the, the Lakers have the best chance of winning the, the finals this year. But a lot of people doubted them, and and like no one can deny that a lot of people doubted them. But LeBron and AD have shown that they are elite players, especially LeBron, because a lot of people doubted LeBron. People started doubting the Lakers again. 
then guess what happens? You, you, you could tell me this. Even coming into this season, he, he he's in year 17 and he's putting up these numbers. So I just want to I just want to acknowledge how the, the Lakers, their entire team proved everyone wrong from the beginning of the season to right now, regardless if they win the finals or not. They, they did prove everyone wrong with this season. And are you saying they're not going to win in the finals? No, I'm just saying, like, even if they don't, I think the Lakers still proved everyone wrong. Um, so the next series that we're going to be talking about is um, the Celtics and the Heat. Um, the Heat have finished off the Celtics. Uh, they, they finished off the Celtics on Sunday, September 27th, in six games. And there, there have been times in this series... Where the Celtics, they have like a moment, like like in Game Five, like Tatum had like no points, Kemba was Kemba was struggling, then they just look like a better team in the second half. Yeah, and I thought that was gonna happen again today, but in the last three minutes of the game, it was like eight points, and um, Bam Adebayo was like he was hitting insane shots, Tyler Hero was hitting insane shots, but they were still in the game. There was still three minutes left. That's a lot of time. Especially on a team where almost everybody on the floor besides Daniel Tice is a three-point threat. So, but they just, they, like, first Tatum took a bad three. And then Marcus Smart took a pull-up three in transition. And then after that, they had a turnover. And then after that, Marcus Smart, they, they had, like, an injury problem with Marcus Smart. Like, he, like, and then he he fell. And then they, Jimmy Butler got free throws. And then they just, they, they were making bad decisions offensively and defensively. They were losing sight of their rotations. And it, it was weird because, like, this is a team that's so close to, like, like they're not super, I mean, they, they're close to, like, to giving themselves another chance to get to the finals. They just threw it all away in those last three minutes. Yeah, it didn't seem like they were locked in mentally and physically. Let's talk about the Heat for a second because we all know who Tyler Euro is now. And if you don't, you're probably living under a rock or something. Because Tyler Hero has played amazing in this series, especially, especially in game four, where he had 37 points. For a rookie in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference Finals, for a rookie, that is, that is absolutely insane for someone like him. Yeah. They're just boosted by him. Jimmy Butler, like you said, and Bam and Abba fits so well within the Miami system. And this whole team is just they're They play team basketball. Like there's not a single player on the team that's like, all right, like I'm going to take this shot right here and nobody's going to do anything about it. Like it's a very 0-4 Pistons type of playing basketball. Very scrappy on defense, solid offense. Yeah. Also, I think another factor, not not to take away anything from Hero or Robinson or any of the young players that have played well this play. We, we've seen a lot of young players other than Hero and Robinson play well in this bubble. Um, and I think a big factor in that is no fans. Because the fans make any rookie nervous before a game and during the game and i think that like having they're like they're they're basically just playing a scrimmage right now 
like against another team with no fans. And like, I, mean, I feel like, I, I mean, feel it's like, like a scrimmage with like the highest stakes ever, though. Yeah, like it, it doesn't feel like it's the Eastern Conference Finals because you don't have the crowd roaring in your ears, and it's just like there's no hecklers, there's no like, there's no fan interference, there's there's nothing by the fans. And I think that that is a that is a factor in them playing better. But I'm not I'm not gonna take any I'm not gonna take away anything from Hero or Robinson because they definitely played amazing. But I'm just saying that 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 was a factor in them playing that well. Mm. All right, guys. Now we just have a couple words about our sponsor, Anchor. After the break, we're gonna be talking about the Lakers versus the Heat in the finals, our predictions. And we'll also talk about the matchup between Jimmy Butler and LeBron. So obviously, the two teams that have been picked to go to the NBA Finals um, are the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. These are two great franchises. Um, one with, like, obviously there have been some players who have switched teams like for example i'm not sure if you've heard of him he's a pretty popular player in brazil his name's lebron james um (laughs) he was obviously on he was obviously on the heat beforehand um and uh eric spolstra i think this this i don't know how much of a part this is going to play but eric spolstra has coached him before he coached him for four years and he won two MVPs and uh, two championships under Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. So m- maybe, maybe that'll give them some type of advantage. But then again, like there, the, like any time that people have doubted LeBron James in his career, he showed up 99% of the time. I think these teams match up really well. I think Jimmy's obviously going to take the LeBron matchup. I'm not sure how much LeBron's going to be guarding Jimmy Butler throughout the entirety of the series just to like reserve his energy on offense. Um, so they'll probably they'll, they'll probably switch a couple people off of him um, just to make it easier for Braun on defense. Um, Bam Adebayo and AD obviously match up really well. Um, I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Tyler Hero, um, I, he hasn't been getting... I mean, I saw some take where it was like, if they if they're able to double team Hero and um, and Duncan Robinson like well, then they can like force a shot out of somebody like Jake Crowder. Obviously, he is he's a very I'm not saying he's he's a good shooter. He's just not the type of three point level threat that those two are. We've seen in the in the Rocket series, the the whole the entire Rockets team is just three point shooters, right? And I feel like the Lakers played a or they did a really good job defending the perimeter and the three-point line and yeah, not letting they, them yeah. make a lot of threes. So I think the Lakers are ready and they're, they know about Hero and Robinson. So I think they're going to be ready for them. Um, and I think their defense is definitely going to be ready for them. But we all know how good Hero can be. So it's going to be tough to guard them. But I feel like I feel like the Lakers can do it. Yeah, like, like you talked about in the Houston series, they did a great job of closing out on shooters and making sure that nobody was really comfortable. Like, um, they did a good job just forcing James Harden out of his spots, where like where he would hit the right rim, where he would hit the right rim or left rim, and not really get like his his set motion going. Um, so I'm wondering if they can if they can implement that with um, with Hero and uh, and Robinson. Yeah. 
um what are your predictions for this series um i think lakers in six um i think miami i think i don't think there's going to be a single blowout in any game of this series i think every game will be hard and tough fought i think both teams like are i think one team i like obviously jimmy i would say is a top 15 player in the league would you agree yeah i would agree yeah but like they they can play as a team like if jimmy has a bad day then they can make up for that collectively if ad and braun have a bad day that's an instant loss for the lakers offensively that's like you're you're putting you're saying that if if just jimmy had a bad day but what if what if it was jimmy and adebayo no, but that I'm okay. If Jimmy and Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson all have a bad day, which I doubt's gonna happen, then obviously they're in trouble. But the thing is, if Jimmy and Bam both have a bad day, then but and if Bam just can't rebound at all and Jimmy can't and Jimmy's just bad on defense, then they still have enough role players to like they still have enough offense because Drogic, Drogic, Dra Dragon. Dragon has enough, <laughs> we get we like, get his name wrong every episode. <laughs> no, dude, I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> I know. We just let's just say Dragon from now on. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, even when Jimmy and and Bam was still in like the early stages of like finding out who he was as a player, that sounded like a puberty talk. Of when Bam was like an early when Bam wasn't as good on the Heat, then Dragic Dra- Dragon. Was, okay, then Dragon was the mainstay of the offense, and he was able to create for himself. And Miami made the playoffs a couple times with him at the helm. So unless every single, I think they're always going to have an option there, um, even if like two of their big two of their big guys like don't show up. Because I'm not saying that Kuzma's not going to give you forty, but I'm saying that Kuzma's not going to give you forty. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. I just make the most sense all the time. Yes. You made a good point with LeBron and AD. And I think that you are right on that. Because if LeBron and AD have a bad game, um, the Lakers do have enough, or they have enough talented players to carry the offensive defense. But I think the most important thing for the Lakers is just playmaking because... If you are a Laker fan and you're watching the game, it's it's so frustrating to see LeBron just dribble for 18 seconds and then just use the last six seconds to take a step back. I'm, I mean, I'm just so confused when I see LeBron dribble for like 15 straight seconds. Like, what is the point of that? The thing is with this team, like, okay, so the way the Lakers work is that like somebody needs to hit a three. And then someone needs to get on a fast break. And then Lakers have momentum. They can move fast throughout the entirety for like two minutes. And that's like 15 points right there. But then if somebody if somebody loses the momentum, for example, KCP does this all the time. Takes some bad takes some bad pull-up mid-range jumper and it hits like the side of the backboard. Then then gradually then the offense slows down again. Like, the Lakers' offense doesn't work the way, like, Miami's offense does, where everybody's constantly moving around, and there's always something happening on the floor. 
where it's to a point where you're almost always going to get some type of like a good, sh- like an affordable shot for you. While a lot of the time, like you said, Ennis, it's a lot of dribbling and then it sometimes ends with a step back three. I think you're right on that point because the main thing with the Lakers offense and I know this is going to sound like weird, but it's their defense. Because if if they get a steal or if they get a rebound and a nice outlet pass, they can get going super easily. And that's what the Heat have to watch out for is their transition. The, the Heat have to have like really good transition defense and just, they have to be able to stop the Lakers in transition. And they also have to have uh, like barely any turnovers. Because the Lakers take advantage of those two things tremendously in all of their games. If the Heat turn over the ball, the Lakers are gone. Like LeBron, like Caruso, LeBron, Aliyub, like they're gone. That's it for them. So that's that's really the main thing that's with the Lakers offense. Um, and the Heat, what the Heat have to try to do to stop them is to just let them have that step back with one second left on the shot clock also um, the heater like you said uh sorry i don't mean to interrupt it's fine, it's fine. um the heat especially in the celtic series are not a team that turns over the ball like a crazy amount of times they're really good about controlling like controlling their passes and not to make like dumb decisions um yeah so i think that that will also have an impact on the lakers yeah definitely and the x factor in the series in my opinion is if the Lakers can have a good offense. Um, and by and a I good offense, they, he means Danny Green, make a shot. That would be wonderful. Yeah, please, Danny. But, like, to be serious, like, I think the Lakers need to figure out some type of play or something to just get the offense moving. I'm not saying they're just stagnant the whole game because there are a lot of there are a lot of good players on offense where Caruso has a nice cut to the basket. He gets a wide open layup. Same thing with Kuzma. He has some nice cuts and LeBron always gets those assists. But there are just some periods of time in the game where you're watching and you're just like, why is he dribbling the ball for 15 seconds straight? And I think the Lakers really need to fix that. And they need to That's find some type of offense. What do you say? <laughs> Stop, stop dribbling the ball for oh, 15 it, seconds. Just in my head, like whenever we, I play pickup <laughs> with Ennis, so he just he dribbles the ball for about 15 seconds and then he takes a step back three. It's pretty impressive, yeah, actually. I learned from the Lakers. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 11 of Hoop Talk. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would really mean a lot to us. And if you have a family member or a friend that likes to watch or play basketball or watch the NBA. Um, you can share this podcast with them. It would really mean a lot to us. And also, if you guys didn't hear the intro for some reason, we officially launched our YouTube channel. It's Hoop Talk Podcast on YouTube. We're going to be posting videos almost every other day. So stay tuned for that. The, our videos are basically going to be the recording of of this podcast but it's it's broken up into smaller segments and we're gonna have highlights playing in the background and so if you guys are if you guys like those type of videos rather than podcasts 
then you should go check out our channel then those videos are right for you um and stay tuned for our next episode which and we drop an episode every tuesday and see you guys next time peace peace